Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on Demand. Even though I played a lot of games, I'm not in that dressing room not right now. I don't know what's the difference, but I think part of it has to be the comfort level of your superstars. Those guys feel comfortable going out there because they know that if they go into the corners, if something happens, they've got you know guys on their team that are going to back them. Everybody who doesn't really play the game thinks, "Oh, I would do it," but you know when you're getting your head hammered into the glass, <laughs> it, uh, it 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 takes a toll on you. Not a lot of fun. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It absolutely is. Hello, Canada and Canadian sports fans in the United States of America. Welcome to the RP Show. It is a Wednesday. It is episode number 737 of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. And listen, hang on, buckle up. It's going to be a very busy two hours here live from Grey Eagle because here's what we got going on. I'm going to tell you who who our new co-host is today in a moment. Joining us later on in the program, the new career wins leader of the Western Hockey League amongst goaltenders, Nolan Myers, is going to be joining us from the Saskatoon Blades later on in Hour 1. In Hour 2, Calgary Stampeders blogger, podcaster, and chief punk Ryan Valentine is going to be dropping down here to the Grey Eagle Event Center. He's going to be with us. So for the football fans, we will capitulate and talk all ball next hour. With Ryan Valentine, USFL, CFL, NFL, whatever, that's his jam. And Ryan Keenan of the Saskatchewan Rush is going to join us as well, the star forward of the Rush, as they keep the hopes of a playoff spot alive. So those are the guests. Our co-hosts today will need no introduction to the Calgary viewers and a lot of golf fans across this country. Cool Kevin Smith joins us. That's a new nickname for you, Kevin. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. I've watched you so much. I've never been on, so this is, uh, this is a thrill to get back into kind of my old life and, and just chat sports. That's the thing I want to tell the viewers that don't know. 21 years at Global Television, Global Calgary, Toronto kid, <laughs> now with Alberta Golf. So he's a golf guy. And he said, hey, you want to talk some golf? And I said, yes, because lately we've been talking some golf and people have been liking it. But because he spent all those years at Global, you can talk about everything, right? Yes. Well, <laughs> we'll see what my memory can, can jog out from, uh, from all my years. But uh, yeah, and and... You know, back in those days, you know, you have like a nine-minute sports show. So the fact that we have 45 minutes here, this is, uh, this is fantastic. We're That's in, the difference. No it's sports talk meets television. As a matter of fact, I think you know this, but I'll just say I've said since day one, this is the view, this is the view for sports fans, where we have coffee every morning and uh, dis- dis- dissect what's going on. Or afternoon for those watching in Eastern Canada. So can we please hit the quick six show horn, uh, Director Jordan? <laughs> Thank you. Coming up here, we've got our usual NHL leftovers, Blue Jays lost, NBA playoffs, some junior hockey stuff I want to talk about, and the aforementioned golf football next hour. But last night, 
Oh, man, did I have a great time. I want to thank Lee Genier for taking me down to the Calgary Stampede Rangeland Derby Tarp Auction. I do have some photos here. I know it's new for everybody. It's certainly new for me. I understand the lingo, but a lot of people will not. Whenever you want, Clark, throw those photos up. They auctioned off the canvas tarps for the chuck wagons. These were the drivers for the Calgary Stampede. That's just a few of them. There were 27 in all, and they stood there, and it was a live auction in Calgary, and area businesses bid on them. $2.1 million raised. That was at the start of the night, actually, and then they brought them out one by one. That is Stampede Steve. Steve McDonough, the president of the Calgary Stampede. You'll recognize him because he was on the show here at Gray Eagle last month promoting all of this. So that was fantastic. And there's a look at it. I need a cowboy hat. So it looked like a scene from Yellowstone. Yes. And we had a big time. Met a lot of new people. Ran into some Flames people, some Stampeders people, and they all, you know, said welcome to Calgary, and they're following what we're doing, and it was just awesome. So you, Kevin, are no stranger to all of this. So before we went to air here, you talked about if there hadn't been trucks last year, now they are. They've, you know, all the drivers. It's a yeah, big deal. You know, you know, I moved here in '97. You know, and I, I spent a few years in the states, but you know, I'm a Toronto kid. I didn't know anything about right know, rodeo. And uh, I had to learn, and, and I think I covered probably 20 stampedes in my time at Google Television. And um, the chuck wagons are so electric, and it's so unique, right? They're predominantly just Alberta riders. Um, I know you said that they've scaled back some of it, but you know, when I was covering it, there were four um, outfits per heat and, and nine, nine heats. So you had 36 drivers every night for 10 nights. And you, know, and you get on that rail, and just the power and uh and these are albertans that have their ranches and this is their lifeblood and so uh you know incredible to see that it is back and i know there's a lot, lot of talk in in calgary you know with corporate calgary and and what covid's done to it and maybe what's happened with oil and gas but you know you see over two million dollars raised i think it, it's amazing i know it's not 36 drivers anymore right um 27 so maybe that's that cut into some of the livelihoods of but uh you know, hey, you got to start somewhere, and uh, I think it's great to see it to see it back. It Even was just fun. It's not my life anymore to to cover it, but uh, you know, I can I can enjoy it as a fan now this summer. Well, and that's I just enjoy learning. Lifelong learning's a thing, people. And when visit Lethbridge.com's dropping a hundred grand on a tarp, I'm like, whoa! Visit Lethbridge.com's got six figures. To okay, this is cool. I love it. I'm here for it. Now, moving on, moving on. And I will get, they, I, <laughs> people are saying they love the bunny hug. Yes, Darren in Salt Lake City, you're late joining us. You said the XFL announced their eight head coaches. All ball, hour two. So just hang on. We're going to move on to point two from the NHL last night. There were 14 games. I'm not going to get into all of them. But the Buffalo Sabres have bested the Maple Leafs again. Tage Thompson had the winning goal and an assist as the Sabres beat Toronto 4-2. They're the only team to have three wins against the Leafs this year. Thank God they're not going to meet up in the playoffs. Tim Stutzla scored twice in the third period as Ottawa skated to a 4-1 win over the Detroit Red Wings. Matthew Kachuk scored a Hattie, and the Flames came back to beat the Seattle Kraken 5-3. Kachuk set a new career high for goals in a season with 37. Johnny Gaudreau had two assists to give him 101 points on the campaign. Clearly, we're going to get to the orders in the Canucks, too, but with Kevin Smith here, covered the Flames for years. I'll just ask you this. Mm -hmm. Did you think Johnny Gaudreau was capable of what he's doing this year? Because Johnny's always been a regular season performer. I know he's had some dip the last couple of years, but in the regular season, um, you know, he's had seasons like before when he's still pretty young. What is he, 20, 27, 28? I, I remember Craig Conroy and I watching him after he was drafted 
like 17-year-old at the Northeast Sportsplex here in Calgary, and nobody could hit him. He was doing these little backhand sauce yeah. passes. You know, even at th that point, it was like, wow. But can that translate to the NHL? And as we've seen, players of his stature and that, that talent can translate in, I guess, what is the new NHL in the past, in the past decade. Um, see 101 points in the regular season, you know, it, it's, it's a bit surprising. It's great to see. I, I covered the team in 2015 when, when he and Monaghan and, and them were, were very yes. young and, and they, they had that uh, upset win over Vancouver and went to Anaheim in the second round uh, against, you know, a more veteran team with, with Kessler and Getzlaff and Terry. And, and um, you know, to think here, Johnny is seven years later and, and, you know, looks like a top five player in the world right now. But I know what everyone's going to say is, well, how's he going to translate to the playoffs? And maybe that's where Daryl Sutter comes in. Maybe that's where Markstrom as a goalie comes in. You know, maybe the Flames, you know, they're a little bit deeper on offense. So maybe this isn't going to be a team that'll be a great regular season team, win the division, and then, you know, get surprised by the Avalanche like they did, you know, a few years ago. So, uh, I, but I kind of believe it when I see it, but I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> Well, here's, I'm turning your mic up, and the guys are telling me to pull your mic in a little closer yeah. to you. Um, I'm getting the sense across all of Alberta, they're over the regular season. They're over it. The orders and flames are going to be in it, so can we just get to the playoffs? But the, the reason I asked you about Johnny Gaudreau is we all knew or know that he had the skill, but the games that I've watched the past few years, he seemed disinterested. Mm -hmm. The skill was there, but he wasn't playing with heart. He is now. And how Daryl Sutter got him to do that, I don't know, but yep. that's Daryl. Is that Daryl? Is that a contract? It's something. Is it a contract year as well? Um, but, uh, you know, when you watch him, <laughs> when he's engaged, I mean, he, he does stuff at high speed that only a few players on planet Earth can do. So um, you're Ooh. seeing, you know, it's just, it's incredible. See how I say this is uh, the view for sports fans? Because you're getting into my, one of my favorite topics with hockey, because... So many guys have said that over the years. What, what's he playing for? Is he playing for a contract? Is he playing for himself? Is he playing for the team? I was always, who cares <laughs> as long as they're playing, as long as they're motivated? Yeah. You know, and we just need guys motivated here for a couple of months, whatever it is. If Johnny's playing for a contract, does it, does it really matter? Nope. No, it doesn't. But he's engaged. You see him back-checking. You see... I mean, the way he's flying around the ice, uh, he looks like the Johnny Gaudreau of 2015-2016 that would just come at you and, and just do everything at a high speed, but you know his brain can just slow it down and, and find the players, the passing, the, uh, you know, he's even become a better goal scorer. So um, this is the best version of Johnny Gaudreau we've ever seen, and it's, uh, it's exciting so, for Flames But the difference fans. is in here. Yeah. And you've, gave, you've given me something to think about as to why. I thought it was Daryl. And maybe it is the contract. It could, and it could be Daryl, too, for In sure. In the end, I don't really care. I'm just, I'm applauding it. And like you, I hear it all the time. I get, Jamie McCown sat in that chair yesterday <laughs> and said, we'll wait until the playoff. So you're hearing that more and more and more. Moving on, Kevin Fiala and Ryan Hartman each scored twice, and the Minnesota Wild beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-1 in a matchup of the NHL's hottest teams. The Wild improved to 11-1-2. Leon Dreisaitl scored his career-high 51st goal for Edmonton, which had won six of its previous seven games. I didn't watch the game because I was at the Rangeland Derby Tarp auction, and I loved it. But I saw Craig Button eviscerating the order's defense on SportsCenter this morning. Watched it three times. Where are the orders going? What are they doing? What do you think? Well, they're certainly in a better place than they were a few months ago, but the goaltending is going to be the thing, right? Yeah. On playoff time, right? Um, 
selfishly, I want a Calgary-Edmonton playoff series. Now that looks like... Everybody does. Yeah. Now that looks like that'll be second round, right? The Flames look like they're going to win the division and face some version Lower, of Dallas, yeah. Nashville, Vegas, right? So, um, so what does that leave for the... For the is that, that would be Kings-Oilers, right? So um, if they both come through, I think it, it would be something we haven't seen. <laughs> the fact that we're, we're, we're coming out of COVID, it'll be packed crowds, it'll be the first Battle of Alberta in... Um, I, I don't know, since 991 or something like that. So uh, that's what I want. Just as a fan of hockey again, just as someone who can watch a few games from the stands and watch most of them from my couch, uh, I just want to see that. If the Flames meet the Oilers in the playoffs, and he's saying correctly that it'll be round two, how long does it go? We could sit and talk about that for hours too. <laughs> I would say Flames in five. But the Flames would win the series. There's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one other. Quinn Hughes scored in overtime as the Vancouver Canucks managed a narrow 5-4 win over the visiting Vegas Golden Knights. The result moves Vancouver within three points of Vegas with both teams grasping for a playoff spot. The Dallas Stars are three points up on Vegas and six on Vancouver in the race for the second Western Conference wildcard berth. We're not going to spend any more time on the NHL, despite the fact there were all these games. Florida Panthers won their eighth in a row last night. It took overtime to beat Anaheim. Johnny Huberto on a turnover, which he caused, scoring the winner in FLA Live Arena. Uh, I'm having fun here in Alberta, obviously, but I can't wait to get down to Florida for the playoff run. And I hope that it lasts, because the insiders on uh, TSN Insider training saying that Sergei Bobrovsky might not even be the starting goalie for the Panthers in the playoffs. Come on, a $10 million a year? <laughs> and they're thinking of going with the rookie because they don't trust Bob. Why do you got him then? Well, if you're going to have a long playoff run, you're probably going to see both, right? If you're really going to go three, four rounds deep, you're probably going to see both. Potentially, but Potentially, you didn't yeah. with Andre Vasilevsky, who's played every single minute the last two years yeah. on the way to two Stanley Cup wins. Um, point four Blue Jays. No, it's point three Blue Jays. Aaron Hicks hit a go-ahead two-run homer and made a jumping catch in his first left-field start in four years, leading the Yankees over the Toronto Blue Jays four nothing. Nestor Cortez and four relievers combined on a five-hitter, quieting a Blue Jays offense that produced 23 runs and 38 hits in the first four games. The loss snapped the Jays' five-game win streak at Yankee Stadium. They'll do it again tonight, 7:05 Eastern. Point uh, four, NBA playoffs. Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell combined for 59 points to lead the Minnesota Timberwolves past the L.A. Clippers 109-104 in a play-in game. Edwards and Russell helped the T-Wolves overcome a rough night for Carl Anthony Towns and get the seventh seed for the NBA's Western Conference playoffs. The Clippers have a second chance to make the playoffs with a home game Friday for the eighth seed. I'll just throw these in. Junior results from the SJ. Flynn Flon beat Humboldt 1-0. The Bombers take that semifinal series in five. They'll move on to face the Estevan Bruins in the SJHL Championship Series. Uh, Jason Tatarnik, the Bruins head coach and GM, they're hosting the Centennial Cup. We'll be broadcasting live from there next month. I put in a request to get him on the show next week, and I'm sure it'll happen. AJ here last night. Brooks beating Okotoks 4-3. Spruce Grove over Drayton Valley 2-1. I don't know what the series are at. I'm just passing along the scores. In the dub, Moose Jaw Warriors over Brandon 5-2. Portland beat Tri-City 4-3. The Pats at Winnipeg Ice Game Thursday postponed due to the storm coming into Winnipeg. The WHL announcing rescheduled dates. It'll be now Friday, Saturday. And tonight, the Red Deer Rebels are at the Calgary Hitmen. That one's on TSN. Okay, when we come back, we'll get 
and a little more comments from the viewers because I haven't got to those yet. But we're going to talk PGA with our golf guy, Kevin Smith. No word on Tiger yet for the PGA Championship. No word at all about Phil. Nothing. <laughs> and uh, the golf outlook and, and whatever you'd like to talk about. Nolan Meyer on the way. Ryan Ballantyne. Ryan Keenan. This is the warm-up, and you're watching the RP Show live from Great Eagle Resorting Casino on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, you're looking live at the Gray Eagle Resorting Casino, where, by the way, the master of redneck comedy, Jeff Foxworthy, is coming live to the event center Saturday, May 28th. Actor, writer, producer, and former host of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Jeff Foxworthy's hilarious show can't be missed. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.ca. Again, that is Saturday, May the 28th. You're seeing a new face on your screen today. Our good friend Kevin Smith joining us Twenty. One years was it at Global Television, Global Calgary, now with Alberta Golf, and uh, with this snow on the ground, uh, Kevin, I'm, I, you're thinking Golf 365. Yeah. Are others? Um, yes. I mean, in my world, I mean, my world used to be covering 50 different sports, and now I get to hone in and just focus on golf. Yes. And you know, the Masters traditionally is kind of the, you know, it brings Kickoff. spring in and, and you watch the Masters and then you get out and play. And that was the case last year. All the courses in, in the Calgary and, and Alberta were open mid-April last year, right after the Masters. So not the case today is uh, driving into chat with you. It's minus nine and snowing and we're probably still uh, a few weeks away. Some courses had open, but uh, in, in the Lethbridge area, they're, they're open. But uh, yeah, we've got to wait another few weeks now. Well, it's funny because last night at the Rangeland Derby Tarp Auction, I'm talking to folks and I said, is, I understand this is unseasonably cold, reminding everybody that I did live here for college, but I was 18, had my head up my ass. I wasn't paying attention to the weather. <laughs> I was having fun yeah. being 18. And they're like, no, no, this is April in Alberta because you never know. This could be June, right? Yeah. But here, uh, okay, Pinks, hold on to this question. I'm not going to get to it just yet. One of our P1s, Todd Pinkney, says, what are Kevin's top five courses in the Calgary area and or the mountains? He says, mine are Valley Ridge, Mickelson National, the Willows, Stewart Creek, and, of course, Canada asks. So we'll percolate on that. You can yeah. think about it, yeah. answer it at the end. But I do want to talk Masters with you and look ahead to the PGA Championship. You've got your Masters pullover here. You've covered several Masters, you said. Very fortunate. Um, back from 2011 to 2015, I was the national golf host for Global Television and was able to go to the Masters. and live in the master's house with the TSN crew who you may have just watched uh, that were down there and, and spent 40 days on the property through those, through those years. So, uh, you know, golf was already my favorite sport before I got there. So walking down to Amen Corner for the first time and seeing the property and then, you know, covering Schwartzel winning and Bubba Watson winning, Jordan Spieth winning and Adam Scott winning in that famous playoff in the rain. And uh, in 2015, Tiger Woods was my beat to follow him every step of the way all week long. And one of his many comebacks. So a very special place to me. And, and, uh, but I will say golf is one of the best television sports in the world. When you're there, you miss a lot. So now I actually like watching it on television to say, yeah, I've been there. I know where all that, those places are, but I don't miss a shot now, which is also pretty cool. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's a big 
part, it's interesting you say that about just sampling things. I mean, I wasn't the biggest golf guy. I'm a terrible golfer, but I did go to the CP Women's Open at the Wascana and broadcast live from there. And I was like, whoa, this is the Super Bowl. Yeah. But it is hard to follow because there's a lot going on. But I kind of fell in love with the show because they've made golf the show. It has been for a long time, but it was new to me. Can you just tell me something about Tiger? Mm -hmm. Is he as physical of a beast? As I've been led to believe, and he appears. Is he huge? No, he's not linebacker type size. Yeah, well, that's um, six. Or sorry, more, more sorry, more DB, DB type okay. size. Yeah, no, no, he's not. He's a, he's like a defensive back. Like, he looks pretty ripped. like a Brandon Smith, Keon Raymond type okay. size, right? Well, that's in shape. Yeah, um, but mentally, he's. I mean, his dad was a Green Beret. Next Bray. level, he's, yeah. That's why you see him winning U.S. Opens on a broken leg and doing what he did this past weekend, and um, he's just got the mental whereabouts to, to fight through anything. So if you've followed him for so closely for so long, have you seen a change in him? Because our, view, our viewers were saying he's, he seems to be a different guy now than he was 20 years ago. 100%. Yeah. I mean, of course, you had 2010 where he came back from his scandal, right? And, and then you had 2015 where he was coming back from chipping yips and, you know, was shooting mid-80s in Phoenix, you know. Then you have 2019 where he comes back and no one thought he could ever win a major again. He, he hadn't won a major in 11 years. Wins that Masters. And to see him now connect with his son, Charlie, and, and, and his daughter. He just went into the World Golf Hall of Fame. His daughter gave the most incredible speech. Um, you can really tell that he's settled in now as a dad. His kids are old enough to be aware of who he is and what he does. And I think he wants to show them, hey, I, I can still do this. And um, like he almost died a year ago, right? 14 months ago, you know? Amputation was on the table for, for his leg, potentially. Um, as of two months ago, he didn't think he, you know, may never compete again. For him to roll up to Augusta National and make the cut, <laughs> when players like Brooks Kepka and, and Jordan Spieth and Xander Shoffley did not make the cut, nothing short of a miracle. He hadn't competed in 500 days. Mm -hmm. Show up at Augusta and, you know, yeah, lump around the course. It's an incredibly hilly course. And, but he's more accessible. He smiles more in media interviews. Um, he doesn't just have the blinders on. He's, he's, he's I, I think thankful is the word. He's incredibly thankful to just be back where he, he loves, doing what he's doing, having his family see him, connecting with the fans and the patrons there. And um, I thought it was nothing short of incredible that he made the cut. Now the weekend, you know, obviously, you know, things didn't go his way, but uh, what a story. Yeah. Well, I'm... I'm... I love hearing people like you talk about it, the golf people. Um, life has a way of humbling you, and the comeback is sometimes greater yeah. you know, than, than the setback, as the, they say. The second now, comeback, or the third comeback, or the fourth comeback. Of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat has the question of the day that I wanted to ask you. She says, where is Phil? Yes. And I was telling you as we were walking around the event center here that I saw some analysts saying it was very odd that not only was Phil Mickelson not in the Masters, but they didn't even talk about him. Persona yeah. non grata. Now, Lee Jenny and I mentioned this the other day. Lee said Phil's in the penalty box. He's in the PGA <laughs> penalty box. Does he ever get out of the PGA penalty box? Oh, I think so. I think he's going to have to have some kind of an apology. And, and there's a way out of this for Phil. Um, maybe he's being stubborn right now. No one really knows exactly what's going on. but. If you had told me two months before the Masters that we would not see Phil Mickelson there, a three-time Green Jacket winner, and we would see Tiger Woods there, I would have thought you were nuts. <laughs> um, right. 
you life. Know, the quick backstory is that Phil is somehow connected with this new Live Golf League, funded by the Saudi Arabians. I think there's a purse of a quarter billion dollars for eight events this fall. Uh, Greg Norman is, is the point person for this league. And, and the controversy stems around whether the PGA Tour is going to let players go and cash in <clears throat> on that tour, right? And Phil, you know, he'd made some comments to a writer who's writing a book about, about Phil that's going to be released at the PGA Championship, by the way. Um, and I guess the surprising thing is that the, the quotes came out and Phil Mickelson managed to bash the PGA Tour and the Saudi League all at the same time. And a lot of the, hard, Yeah, hard to decide who he was yeah, supporting. And, and, you know, Phil's never... I respect the fact he's never been one to put himself out there as just, it's just me and... These are, these are my opinions, and I'll take on the tour and all of that. But um, I think he just got himself in a spot where, oof, you know, all these other players now are saying, nope, we're with the PGA Tour. And so he's gone dark. Bryson DeChambeau tried to text him. He's not getting back to anyone. No one knows where we're going to see him again. He's the defending PGA champion. If he doesn't show up at Southern Hills to defend the PGA championship, I mean, my goodness, is it really worth it for the Saudi League? I, I understand maybe... Maybe $100 million are being parked in his bank account for him to, you know, support this rival league. We don't know yet. Um, we know what the league is going to be, eight tournaments and um, all the cash that's there. We don't know who's going to play in it yet. We're going to find out pretty soon. Um, and then we'll see where the dominoes fall. Does the PGA Tour decide to ban players that go there? Will those players then sue them back? I mean, it could get kind of messy. So I think we have to see what happens there. And then we have to see when Phil comes back and... And, you know, but he said, I'm just going to take some time for my personal life. And, and he's doing it. He's gone completely dark. Oh, man, you're bringing some awesome stuff. Kevin. Hall of Famer. I, I appreciate I mean, you coming absolute down. Yeah, well, hang on. I got Hall points on that. Yeah. Uh, but from our viewers here, Jeff Caldwell watching. He is in Oregon. He says uh, Mickelson reached out to the Augusta chairman to tell him he wasn't coming weeks ago. I'm sure that's true. We're just mm -hmm. saying that he was not acknowledged at all by anybody right though no um fred uh, fred ridley uh, the chairman of augusta national did say we did not tell phil to stay away that was the rumor that was out there they did not tell him to stay away phil phoned and said i'm not coming so, so he could have participated Phil was welcome there yeah. wow and you look at that champion's dinner right you've got all the living winners of the masters all together on on the tuesday night which is you know that photo is an incredible photo to think of the generations you know an 86 year old gary player chatting with a you know a young Hideki Matsuyama, like, you know, Gary Players did a speech in, in, uh, in Japanese, and, and then Hideki did a speech in English and, and all that. But the two people missing from that photo were Phil Mickelson and Angel Cabrera, who won in 09, and he's in jail in Argentina, I believe, for yeah. some domestic. So there's only two, two of the living uh, Green Jacket winners that weren't there, but Phil Mickelson, that's, that was an, a huge... <laughs> well, and Randy, Randy from the Peg watching says, yeah, crazy stuff, Phil. I always cheered for him because he was a lefty. And I want to get your take on Phil in a minute. But you, hear, you know what I said? I told you, people love the golf talk. I can't believe how much they're enjoying the golf talk. And frankly, if you're in it, I'm into it. But some people sometimes want to be left alone. And I'll give you a little example. Just this morning in the recovery world, I got a note from somebody that said, I've got a young goalie here that's struggling. He's a junior goalie. And he'd like to speak with Kerry Price. And I'm thinking, yeah, who, who wouldn't? <laughs> But I'll put a few feelers out. And what I got back very quickly was Carey Price has gone radio silent. He's not talking to anybody. Look what he's been through. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing about these guys being in the public glare. If, 
If that's what's best for them and they want to isolate, that's what's best for them. But people can't necessarily allow them to do that. So this is what Phil's doing right now, is he sorts out his next yes. steps, There is obviously. still, in my opinion, there is still a path for Phil Mickelson, who's always been a champion of the people. He's always been, I mean, you see him at the tournaments. Um, unlike Tiger back in the day, who was just stone cold, focused on the task, Phil was always great at the fist bumps. And, That's what I was going to ask yeah. you. You like him? I do. Yeah. I do. And I think there's a way back for Phil, but he's going to have to, have to explain some things. And he's going to have to you know, apologize and he's going to, it's, and it's just going to take some time. But, uh, you know, if Phil Mickelson comes back to the PGA championship in four weeks in Southern Hills, I don't think it'll be as warm a reception as Tiger just got. I think that it's going to take a little bit more time than that, but well, I hope the we fellow, see him. fellow golfers or the crowd or both. I think there's some mending with the fellow golfers for sure. I think they're probably a bit more curious. Like, why does he have this stance? Why does he, you know, and it makes sense, right? Phil's, in his 40s and probably... 50. Even, uh, sorry, in his 50s. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's 51. Uh, even though he won the PGA Championship last year, um, he's not contending week in, week out on the PGA Tour. There's not as much money readily available to him on the tour. Um, I think he would say he's trying to fight for all the players on tour and, and get them all you know, more, of a, more of a piece of the pie uh, from the PGA Tour. So he's, he's, he's pushing them on that. Um, but... Um, yeah, I, I just, my goodness, he could just for the rest of his life show up at any event and just be loved. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's got, <laughs> you know, five, ma five major victories. He's, yeah. you know, six major victories. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't, you know, I don't know why he's, why he's doing what he's because doing. Because he doesn't want it to end that way. Yeah. That's, that's the answer. Yeah. And I, I get it. Um, we got a few minutes left here with Kevin Smith. We should talk about Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, sure. In the fairness. winner of the Masters. Tell us about him. In fairness. I mean, in February, he hadn't won a tournament. You know, then he wins Phoenix. Then he wins the Honda. Then he wins the match play. He becomes number no, one. Number yeah. one in the world. You're thinking, yeah, this is a hot stretch. He's not really number one in the world, is he? <laughs> Who is this guy? He's number one in the world. I mean, what we just saw this past weekend was, you know, was incredible. You know, you had everyone preparing for months and months. You know, everyone wants a green jacket. Rory McIlroy wants one to complete the career grand slam. And Spieth wants to get back on top. And, and Kepka and DJ and Justin Thomas, all the best players in the world come in. And Scheffler had no trouble. You know, he's, he's 25 years old. Um, incredible guy, incredible family. He's got a green jacket now. His life is set. I mean, these guys get to come back for the next 40 years as a Masters champion and, and be part of all that. So just ask Mike Weir, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and Cameron Smith, you know, he came in winning the Players' Championship, and, and he'd, he'd won the, the, uh, the season starting event. So the two guys who you thought were the hottest coming in ended up being the two that were in the final pairing, so it kind of played out that way. Maybe we didn't have as much drama as we wanted on, on that Sunday. It helped that McElroy had the 64. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Cameron Smith put on a bit of a charge on 11, and then as we've seen so often, dunks it in the water on 12 right away, hit, makes a triple. And the tournament was, was pretty much over. But uh, give Scotty Scheffler just an incredible amount of respect now. Yeah, number one player in the world. Four tournament wins in, in two months, including a, a green jacket. I think we have about two minutes. So to answer the question of the top five golf courses in Alberta, do you oh, want yeah. to take a swing at it or top three or top one? Oh, or? I mean, I always start with Banff Springs. Um, I feel like it's one of the only courses I've ever, ever been on that has three wow moments. So you get on Banff Springs, and the fourth hole is, is this Devil's Cauldron which is the lake looks like a brain and it's, it's below, right below the mountain. 
and it's just the most awe-inspiring par three, and you're like, well, it's not going to get better than that. Well, then you get down around 8, 9, 10, and you're right on the Bow River and the Bull Falls, and you're just like, oh my God, this is heaven on earth. It's not going to get better than this. Then you get to 15, and you're hitting tee shots into the Fairmont Bam Springs Hotel, which is iconic in this country. So um, that one for me is, uh, you know, the three wild moments probably makes it number one in this area. Um, but uh, oh my goodness, there's so many great ones, whether you're talking about Stewart Creek, which I heard there in the mountains, uh, Prittis in the foothills, um, you know, the Calgary Golf and Country Club. You never even know it, it exists here in Calgary. It's tucked away. You get on that property and, and it takes you back 100 years. Um, there's parkland courses like Inglewood that I love. There's brand new courses like Mickelson National that are fast courses that uh, could host a PGA event, in, you know, in the next decade. So those are some that, that pop out to me. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Sundry. I've never been to Sundry. Mm -hmm. And Alberta Golf, our first big event, the Alberta Open, presented by SVR Lawyers, is in mid-June in Sundry, which is 45 minutes northwest of Calgary. And uh, I hear it's as pristine as you get, and it has a bit of an Augusta feel for a lot of people. A lot of the high-level players say that. So um, maybe Sundry will make my top five in a few months. I'll let you know. Yeah, check back. Well, <laughs> Kevin will be back, right? Regular, I hope. You bet. Yeah. Where can people follow your social stuff for what you're doing? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, um, at global underscore Smith. Um, you'll see a lot of golf, you'll see tennis, and you'll see a lot of rock music. So if, if you're agreeable okay. for those three, three things, then, uh, you know, that, that's a follow on Twitter. Um, aside from that, um, Alberta Golf. You know, I run all the communications for Alberta Golf, the website, um, the social media, and I'm at all the events all summer long. So if you're in Alberta and you want to know what's happening with our events and our players and our different junior leagues and junior tours and recreational series. Uh, just follow Alberta Golf on Twitter, and uh, you'll be you'll be plugged Good into stuff. what's going on. In the All right, scene. Kevin, thanks for coming oh, down. So much travel fun, safe on your yeah. upcoming trip. Yeah, you bet. Nolan Meyer, the WHL career wins leader of the Saskatoon Blades. Next, Ryan Ballantyne coming up in hour two, and Ryan Keenan of the Rush. You're watching the RP Show live from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and of course, you can always find the podcast wherever you find the best podcasts, including Apple Stitcher. And Spotify. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. It is the RP Show on a hump day Wednesday game day in various hockey markets and uh, it's our distinct pleasure to chat hockey with the newest western hockey league wins record holder saskatoon blades goaltender nolan meyer we've been following his career for a very long time he joins us today from sastel center and um lots to chat about with this guy he's uh he's already broken the record he's got a chance to add to that record this weekend nolan meyer the newest whl wins leader i've been reading all the coverage i saw the highlights have you come down from the wave yet of, of setting the biggest record for goalies in the Western Hockey League history? Uh, slowly. It's, uh, it's been pretty special for me and my family, so it's, uh, it's taken a little bit to calm down from, but uh, it's just uh, it's been a crazy 48 hours and a little bit more, so it's, uh, it's pretty cool. With, well, I'll say kudos, man. A former goalie here, member of the union, 121 victories and you did it with a shutout against pa big crowd at sastel center and i was reading the coverage here from global and you said that you thought the the celebration was a little over the top 
from your teammates and so forth. Is that because you don't realize how big a deal this is? Like what, obviously, you're a humble guy to say that, but what makes you say it was over the top? Oh, I don't know. I think it's uh, just being in the spotlight for something like that. It's, uh, I might have thought, uh, or maybe I just haven't realized how, how special it is and how cool it, it'll be in a couple of years or when my career is over. But um, it, was, uh, it, it was just uh, surreal and everything that the, the front office and my family put together. It was, uh, it was pretty special and it, it was a huge moment. But, uh, of course, it was, uh, it was a little long and kind of kind of over the top. <laughs> Listen, you said it. You don't realize yet how big of a deal this is. So please take the time this week to enjoy it, and you will realize it. And Corey Hirsch and Tyson Sexsmith were the prior record holders. You can guarantee this was on their radar. But I want to go back to the start, by the way. 121 wins, and I saw the SJHL and the Yorkton Terriers honor you as well, and I didn't realize that you had started with the Terriers, like the Terriers sent out a congrats. Your hometown team, what was your uh, yep. history with the, with the Terriers? Well, uh, I played, I want to say seven games when I was 16 with them because uh, I came to Blades Camp and uh, I, I was, uh, was kind of cut as a 16-year-old and I was sent back to Yorkton to, to kind of play some games so I'd actually develop and I played seven games there and uh, then I got the call to come back to Saskatoon and then I stuck around for for five years so it's, uh, so it was a good time with Yorkton for sure. Well, no kidding, and obviously you made an impact enough for them to send out the congratulations and so forth, which I thought was very classy of them to do. But when I look back at your career, Nolan, and you would agree that the best is yet to come, this spring playoff run for the Blades, there was criticism of the Blades in the past that they were playing you too much. And I thought, no, 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 that's not possible. I don't know if you ever heard the Blades being criticized for that. You probably want to play every game, am I right? Or did you ever think that maybe the workload was a little too heavy in your time? No, I think uh, for me personally, I want to play every game. Every I, I hate missing games, and obviously you need a, a pretty special goalie partner and a, just this really special teammate to have behind you to to kind of be okay with that and help uh, and help me get through that and get along. And so uh, I've been very fortunate to to have someone like that behind me that's uh, supported me while I've kind of had a lot of workload here with the teams for the years. Yeah, so well, then you know what I'm talking about then. Because I'm sitting there, I've been calling Pat's games for years, and I've just kind of been sort of in awe of what you're doing uh, and huge amount of respect for what you're doing. And, and I obviously in the bubble last year in Regina, I called all those games, and those were great games. Who, were, who have your backups been in your time in Saskatoon, by the way? Because you make a very good point. Some guys would get jealous or it could cause a problem, and you're saying that never was the case. Who were your backups in Saskatoon? Uh, no, not at all. I think my first backup was uh, when I was 16, he was 20. Uh, he was uh, Tyler Brown. He played in Regina for four oh. years. And uh, I Love happened him. to, uh, yeah, he was he was probably one of the best backups I've ever had or just goalie partners. I don't even want to say backups because we're just, we're just partners back there and teammates. But he, uh, he was awesome for my development and just being an older guy to help me get through it and kind of know the up and ups and downs of the league. So he was, he was instrumental for sure. And then when I was, when I was 17, I had a older guy as well in Doran looting who, uh, he was drafted by us and then, 
uh, went to a couple other teams in the States, but he came back and he was, he was an awesome partner too. Just, uh, just kind of that healthy competition in the net. And, uh, then I had Bowen McKinnis for two years. Uh, one was in a bubble, so it's a little bit different. We were playing, we were playing three games a week. It felt like for two months only, but, uh, and then this year I've had, uh, a young Easton Chadwick. So, uh, the roles have kind of switched. I've been that older guy to kind of help him get through some of the games and some injuries that he's, he's had this year, but just trying to be that, uh, that role model and that, that older guy that someone can look up to like, uh, like I had when I was young in this league. Well, Nolan, Nolan, you, you had me at Tyler Brown. He's one of my favorite Pats goalies ever, ever, and I was very upset when they traded him away, to be honest, and I still think that they blew that one. But he was 20 then. So are you at 20 now? Yeah. Or are you kind of looking at what, what he was like then and you're trying to pay it forward that way? I'm sure you are. For sure. I think, uh, I think to be in that situation as a 20 and have a young guy playing a little bit more than you and kind of taking it over in your last year, it's uh, it was, It'd be extremely hard, and I think the way he handled it and the way he was personally with me was uh, was something I'll never forget, and only something that I can try and pass on and kind of be that person for someone else now. Where's the puck from your 121st win? Have you got it mounted yet, or is it in a bag somewhere? Where where is it? It's uh, it's in my uh, glove compartment in my truck. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting in my truck. I, was, I got, I got, I got four pucks that are just taped with uh, season uh, records or just blade records that I have, and they're just sitting in my truck all in a row. So it's, uh, I should probably move those out of there soon. There's always a good answer for that question. That's why I asked it. So when I say that the the best is yet to come. You guys clinched a playoff berth a couple weeks ago. Do we know yet who you're playing in round one? I apologize for not knowing. No, we don't. It's uh, right now uh, we're tied with Mooshaw's points, and they have a couple games on hand, and and then Brandon's right behind us. So we could be playing, we could be playing anybody right now. So we have to, we have a, we have a big game coming up against Brandon to kind of seal our fate. Right, and as they say, that you've got the opportunity to add to your wins record uh, this weekend, but I know you're not thinking about that. I'm sure you're thinking that no matter who you play in the playoffs, it's going to be somebody good. For sure. I think in playoffs, everyone's good. Everyone battles and competes, and I've only had one kind of taste of that, so it's, uh, it's going to be good to get back into uh, kind of playoff mode and, and see who we're going to be playing. Yeah, well, very unfortunate there were no playoffs in the bubble last year, especially with the team that you guys had. But just let me leave you with this. Um, and we got a lot of viewers in Saskatoon on Sastel Max Cable watching the RP show there on Game Plus. Um, they're going to want to buy their Blades tickets. Are you feeling a buzz in the city? You've lived there long enough. I'm sure you know what it can be like when, well, shoot, you had 10,000 in there against PA a few years ago. Do you think that this is going to be wild this spring? I certainly hope so. I know, uh, I know Blades fans, and when we, when we get on a roll and uh, the games start to matter like they do in playoffs, uh, they always come out and support us. Uh, support us. So uh, I know it's going to be a good crowd, and hopefully we can put on a good show. Well, I know you will. 
uh, for sure, Nolan. So I'll just say from one goalie to another, congrats on a stellar career. Keep it going. I'm very interested to see where it goes past this season, but I'm going to see some playoff mm -hmm. games out here in Alberta with the Blades for sure. Thanks for the time, and congrats, man. It's, it's one of the best records there is. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Nolan Meyer of the Saskatoon Blades, a Yorkton product. We'll be right back with a Taco Time viewer takeover. You're watching the RP Show live from Great Eagle Resort and Casino on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Promotional consideration, promotional consideration for the RP Show brought to you in part by Tough Tribe for Men. It contains aloe vera, botanicals, and antioxidants traditionally known for their scalp and hair benefits. We are part of the clean beauty industry. Welcome to Clean Beauty for Men. Available today at toughtribeformen.com and Amazon Canada. I went long with Nolan Meyer. I see that I don't have a lot of time here. They do have beard pomade, which our next guest in hour two can make use of. I might send him home with some. What would you say to that? Is that something you'd be interested in? Ryan Ballantyne coming up in hour two. I'm going to do a quick sports update here. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers today announcing the team has re-signed American receiver Carlton Agadosi. He spent 2021 on the club's practice roster. Agadosi signed as an undrafted free agent with the Arizona Cardinals in 2017. Then he was with the Eagles before spending time with the Blue Bombers last year. He was with St. Louis and the XFL. The Western Hockey League announced today the rescheduling of two WHL regular season games between the Pats and Winnipeg Ice. They were supposed to play Thursday, Friday of this week in Winnipeg. Due to extreme weather conditions in Winnipeg, these games will now be played in Regina Friday and Saturday. Holy smokes, we're out of time. Uh, Blue Jays continuing their four-game series with the Yankees tonight at Yankee Stadium, 5.05 Mountain Time first pitch. We'll be back in hour two with Ryan Ballantyne. All CFL, USFL, ball for all, coming up after this. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.